Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers. Uh, another installment as we are in different locations. We always are low, but today I am not uh, in the comforts of my own home studio. Instead, I am in Indianapolis. And uh, I guess just kind of turn it a little bit. You can see I'm at the Combine. Uh, that's the Giants set up behind us. Got the Steelers right in front of me. The Texans are right here to my left. There's the Titans. There's Paul Ellum and the Vikings. Uh, it's it's been pretty fun. I've uh, been here in Indianapolis since Monday and getting a lot done, talking to a whole lot of people. Joe Ortiz, the, the Chargers GM, talked to the, the media yesterday. So had that presser. Saw our old friend Tom Telesco do it for the Raiders as well. And uh, it's been great. It's been been a lot of fun talking to a lot of different people about kind of how this whole thing might shake out for the Chargers. That's so interesting, Money. I mean, golly, it's like it's, it's awesome to see you there at the Combines, man. I wish I could be there to join you, man. Look like you look like you've taken in the Combines. It look like you're actually doing some of the drills. I see you all cut up, your nose all cut up, your chin oh, yeah. scarred. Money, what the hell's going on? Are you out there trying to do drills with hardball? Yeah, thankfully, no. Uh, those wouldn't go well. I wouldn't have cuts, though. I'd explode into dust if I had to take any of that stuff on. Uh, these are just these are just mountain scars. Went snowboarding with my uh, with my daughter on Friday and decided to do something I probably shouldn't have, and that was attack attack a couple jumps. When you're when you're my age, low, you should just go down the mountain. Don't uh, don't try to get in the air. Keep the board attached to the ground, not in the air. And uh, so you got happens. some. You got some air though. Did you money? Did you were you successful? Did you get air? Were you how high were you? And tell me yeah. about the landing because we got to talk about the landing because everybody yeah. like, didn't land like we, we expected. I wish it was a great story, um, but it, it's kind of the the rule of of going down the hill and skiing and snowboarding. The faster you go, kind of the better off you are. At least that's how it's always been for me. And I was just kind of going slow. My daughter wanted me to film her take some jumps, so I was doing that. And then I just kind of turned around and I was like, ah, there's a there's a quarter per pipe with a spine. I'll just hit that real quick and just kind of pop off the corner. And yeah, next thing you know, uh, the way the way my daughter describes it, Lo, is uh, yeah, I, I looked up and I saw this guy upside down and I was like, oh, that's not good. And then I was like, oh, no, that's my dad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I flipped up, landed on my face like my face broke my fall, um, which for me is great because, you know, I have so much to work with that there's room for um you know for things to get sideways and i can still keep my beautiful mug no as i told her she's i was bleeding all over the place and um thought i broke was the my powder nose, but soft was the powder soft no, though no it was ice it was it was icy oh so when you oh, hit yeah. so you felt that right away you're like okay oh yeah. oh yeah yeah that uh but again as someone that likes to you know get out and surf and snowboard i was like whatever at least i didn't break an elbow a shoulder a knee it's just my face i can still do everything i need to do so we're i could be here in indianapolis it makes for a great story like you said it looks like i belong like i'm a lot tougher of a person like i'm a low kneel which i am not um you know it makes it look like i'm willing to get in the fracas a little bit all right you guys want to tangle let's tangle look at these no scars. question <laughs> no question I, well better than you coming back with a story that you got in a bar bar you know you're in there, yeah, they're trying exactly. to move some furniture. So it's great, man. So getting into the combines, what have you seen? Is, is you out there? Are you going to the different practices? Are you watching? What are you looking for when you're going to the combines, man? I understand this is the Chargers, and we understand we cover yeah. the Chargers. But what do you look for? What are some of the things that that as 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 come that you say, man? I like this guy. Or what are some of the things you look for when you looking at the combines when you're there? Yeah, I'll tell you, Lo, and and for me, it's just you know, kind of collecting a decade and a half of, of covering the combine and, and opinions that I've heard. And, and it's interesting because I started to pick up on it. I, I did it for a number of years on the field. I was fortunate to be on the NFL Network's field set. So I was right there as players were going through drills. And I used to hear scouts say, 
they they always wanted to find the alpha. Who was who was the guy that was leading his particular group? Because they split these things up into groups, right? So you might today you've got defensive linemen and linebackers, right? So when they go out to work out, you're split up typically by your last name in alphabetical order, and they're looking for the guy that is leading that group. Is there a player that's sort of raised his hand and you just sort of see him as the alpha and all the other linebackers kind of follow his lead? Is he the first one to pick up his stuff and start walking from drill to drill? He's, oh, we're leaving the broad jump? All right, I'm the guy that's grabbing my stuff and maybe I'm helping somebody clean up or I'm helping the people that are running the drills and that exhibits some sort of leadership. So that's, I mean, you know, the drills are the drills, right? You're either going to be, you're either a good athlete, a fluid athlete, you know, an exceptional athlete, however you may participate in the drills, the numbers and your eyeballs are going to tell you that. Um, But but I think as far as the intangibles, that's kind of a lot of, they're talking to the the drill, you know, that the people's, that the coaches, because it's all NFL coaches that direct these drills from current staffs. They just kind of tab them to, to run these things. What was that interaction like? How did anybody stand out to you? Like, those are the sort of things that, that people look into that go beyond just sort of what you're watching on the field. But as far as like, you know, the drills, the three cone, I mean, Lo, you went through it, you know, you, you did the combine. So, you know, like the three, the agility drills are always interesting, you know, the, for the big guys, the defensive ends, like who are going to be out there today, watching that bend as they, they do this sort of, they, they lay down these three hoops and you got to grab the bags as you're going around and you can just kind of see that lean and envision, you know, what kind of bend they have. So that's a fun one. The three cone, obviously, shows off that agility. So there's a lot of different things you can take in um, that go beyond just the athletic feats that they're exhibiting while they're out there at Lucas Oil. Yeah, I remember when being at the Combines, man, it's like, for me, I saw the way the guys did. And I was like, God, the guy can, you know, can run. He could do certain things. I've seen the speed. And, it, you know, you're, sometimes you're jealous and you envy, but for me, it's like, okay, but put me in pads. And how do you, right. you know, different, put me in pads. I knew that, hey, look, I know that, hey, I don't care how fast that line, I know I can run his ass over. Hey, I know that if I can get him to the flat, hey, look, this is what it's going to happen. So there's different intangibles. I know running backs might have been faster, but I said, you know what? I know that I run harder. I know that I can get that. So when you're looking at just from an athletic standpoint and then from a physicality or just those tangibles, when you, what are some of those things that scouts look for right. that's saying, okay, this guy might not have that, but here's what I've seen. He's a, he's a football player. So I think – what I, what I always hear, Lo, is it will either confirm what you already know, like here's, here's my write-up from watching, you know, all the tape on this guy or seeing him in person. Here's what I think he is. You come to the combine and it's, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he is. I knew he was going to have explosiveness. I knew he was going to crush the bird and the broad jump because that's what I think I see. And, yes, that's, that's right. This is an explosive athlete because he just jumped, you know, his verticals 10. He just broad jumped 10 feet. His verticals. 33 inches and the guy weighs 270 pounds yeah he's an explosive athlete then there's the flip side of that where you think a guy is you know you have him ranked super high and then he gets out here and he looks stiff and he can't run and you're like okay was i grading him on a lower level of competition now i gotta dig back into this you know okay who exact let's just say it's a tackle it's an offensive tackle and you're like okay now i gotta go back to the tape and Maybe he wasn't facing the team's best defensive end. Maybe that guy was hurt that day, even though he was playing Alabama. The guy, Dallas Turner, was out. And so I wasn't grading him right because I was only watching the O-lineman. I wasn't paying attention to what the number was that was rushing opposite him. So it'll do that, you know, if if for whatever reason it doesn't look right. So I think that's, you know, in terms of what's happening on the field, that's essentially what the scouts are using the combine for. And then 
you know, guy just flashes and you're like, okay, how did I miss this? Like think like everybody knew I was talking to Bruce Feldman earlier who does the freak list every year and, and works for Fox. And it really is one of the great things uh, in football when he puts it out every year, but he was talking about Tariq Woolen, you know, and, and how, you know, he was on his radar from, from the get go, you know, here's a guy who's six foot four, you know, and, and is running a, a darn near a sub four, three forty has a seven foot wingspan. It's like, how does that guy slip to the fourth round? And then of course, you know, darn near wins the defensive rookie of the year. Maybe he did win it and becomes a standout corner. Like those are the sort of things I remember watching him here and like, why, why are, why are people not drafting this guy? What am I missing? I watched this gigantic freaking Mothra of a human being fly all over the place. And yet for some reason still slid. And I think that's, that's where you have to let your eyes tell you, okay, it was UTSA. It was lower level competition. We're a little worried about that. How many six, four corners are really good in the league? Not many. It tends to be a little too tall. We're here at the combine. I've seen it. I'm watching this guy destroy the, the, the drills and looks like the best athlete out of the most athletic group of players that are here. You know, sometimes you just got to trust your eyes and be like, yeah, that, that plays. That, what, what that guy's doing there plays in the NFL. And, and with that being said, you know, Matt, as I digress, and, you know, we talked about what are you looking for or what guys do at the combine. Now let's get a little bit more specific when you talk about the Chargers. What, yeah. are, their look, what are they looking for when you're talking to the GM? What are they looking for? Are you, are you seeing guys that is it going to change their trajectory in the draft? And how does that happen? How much does a combine? How much does the combine weigh in on changing people's position in the draft? Yeah. So, if you were to tell me like what's the one thing that the Chargers want to come out of the combine, it's the continued rise of J.J. McCarthy. I think he has now separated himself from Bo Nix and Michael Penix as the, the fourth quarterback. It feels like, and talking to everybody here, that it's going to go quarterback one, two, three. That that that's going to happen. Uh, that Caleb will go one, and then it'll be Drake May and and Jane Daniels. So I think for the Chargers, they're hoping because you know none of those guys are none of those guys are are throwing. None of them are doing drills. So JJ is is doing it all, and and he'll have this whole he'll have Indianapolis to himself when it comes to quarterbacks. Now Bo Nix is going to work it. Penix is going to work as well, so he's competing against those guys. But I think best case for the Chargers is J.J. McCarthy continues to be somebody that is of interest, especially the Kyle Shanahan-style offense teams, the Sean McVay teams. Like you think about Raheem Morris going to Atlanta, taking Zach Robinson with him. That's They, they need a quarterback. Like You want them to fall in love with J.J. McCarthy and say, we can't afford to let Minnesota jump us to five and, you know, and we can't afford to let but the Raiders or the Broncos and we want to go from eight to five. And that's how the Chargers get to trade back, pick up that extra pick, you know, maybe in the second round, maybe in the second round and a future first, depending on how far back they go. And they're still able to, to do because, you know, Joe Ortiz had his presser yesterday and, and I don't think it was I think it was 100 percent by design. When asked about, you know, the talent here and the, the group this year, he said, look, wide receiver class is very deep. Like, I read it into that as, as Joe saying, I don't have to take wide receiver at five. I, I know everybody wants to give us Malik Neighbors because we have Justin Herbert as our quarterback, but this wide receiver group is so deep, we're going to get somebody that's really, really good in the second round or in the third round. We don't have to take that at five. We're good building our lines. And so I think if you trade back, you can still take the top tackle, you know, and we had um, 
Sam Monson, I was talking to him from PFF, and he made a great point. He's like, to me, if you're the Chargers, you know, you have one of the best left tackles in the league. You've got Rashawn Slater. So if you know it's going to be a right tackle, you know, yeah, you could take Joe Alt and, and put him at right tackle because he's an exceptional, you know, he's an exceptional athlete. He's a giant human being, and it'll probably work. But why wouldn't you just trade back even further and take Fuaga from Oregon State, who's the best right tackle in the draft? And when he puts his hands on you in the run game, it's over. You you are done. You are out of the play. And so I think those are the sort of things that, that they're going to start exploring, though, as, as we kind of continue to work our way through this process. Yeah, and when you're doing that and you're talking about continuing to explore and getting guys and maybe trade back to get more picks, and I totally understand that where you're talking about money. But what does that do? What does that say about free agency? When you think free agency is right around the corner, does how does that how does that play into the draft? What do you look at the charge and say, okay, this is some of the needs that they can get in free agency? And here's how do you how do you differentiate between free agency and the draft? Well, I think, you know, and, and we talked to, to Chad Alexander, who's the new assistant GM, came over from the Jets and, and worked with Joe Ortiz for, you know, two decades in Baltimore under Ozzie Newsom. And, you know, I, I think he said that they're all from the Baltimore school, right? And, and that's the, and I think most teams would say this anyway. The draft is the lifeblood of your organization. You know, you need to bring these young men in and develop them the way you believe players are to be developed, you know, into – I mean, think about how long John Harbaugh has been at Baltimore. You know what a Raven looks like. Like, you, 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 can, you can visualize. I mean, you were one, Lo. You were a Raven. So you know there's a reason why they signed you because you have that Raven's DNA inside you. You know, toughness, love football, self-sacrifice. Like, those are – when I think of the Ravens, that's what I think. And I think of a, a, an organization that develops players. So that's where I think the trading back comes into it. And when you talk about free agency – that's where the Khalil Mack, and that's something that's kind of going around here, that there are teams interested perhaps in, in making a play for, for Khalil Mack, to, that, that they would be interested in making a trade for him. It's really the only name of those three, because I think everybody is under the impression that Keenan Allen's going to get his contract reworked and he's going to be sticking around with the Chargers. So I think of Joey, Khalil, and Mike Williams. Khalil's the only name that I've heard brought up as far as there's a little bit of buzz from other teams. And that works in conjunction with free agency right who are the free agent defensive ends are what you have to pay well what you have to pay for them um and what they bring is that worth more than what you have in khalil mack if you have to give up you know maybe a third maybe a comp third level pick for him right right so you're hearing maybe a third or fourth or maybe possibly and he's maybe late second for khalil that's the kind of value they think that i think it's probably more late third fourth would probably be where that comes in they're, they're valuable. valuable to, you know, second's an incredibly valuable pick. So, because I was surprised when I brought that up to some of these people. I was like, hey, what do you think these guys would fetch? You know, could Joey get a second? And most of them were like, I don't think so. I, I, wow. Or at least they were like, that's not what I'm hearing. Um, now, with the cap spiking as much as it did, up to $255 million, you know, going up $30 million, maybe that opens the door for the Chargers to say, oh, you know what? We can rework these. We can let's keep him around. Let's 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 keep Joey. Let's keep Khalil. Let's keep Keenan. Let's keep Mike, you know, and, and figure out a way because of where we're at and what their injury history is. Can we rework these numbers uh, so they're not cut? So they're not out on the street. And, you know, not not. Can we find a way to make it team friendly and player friendly in light of the fact that we've got 30 million dollars more to play with because of the cap spike? Sure, sure. I remember, I remember Matt, you know, going to the combines. I remember being at Fresno State, wrestling on a 
wrestling on Saturday night, right? And the combine. Oh, yeah. So wrestling beat Oklahoma State. We had a wrestling duel. So I was like, my coach got me to do this. And then I was supposed to fly out like at four o'clock, fly out of Fresno. So I was going to get there, you know, that night, sleep Sunday. How about, how about my flight got delayed? I'll go overtime. I win the match. We win the duel. Coach Delito takes me to the airport. My flight out of Fresno's delays, not leaving to the a red eye. So I'm freaking jumping on the red eye. I get to freaking have like two hours to lay down. When I get to my hotel, I had a horrible combine. I did 225 like 25 times. I've been doing it 38 times, 40 times. I ran a 4-7. I came back with <laughs> my coach was there to pick me up at the airport. Dennis Delito, the wrestling coach, like he wanted to pick me up because, because he's like, I'm sorry. I walked away from him. I got my own ride home. I was so pissed at my wrestling coach. <laughs> I was at the combines of that, and I absolutely stunk it up because it's it's vigorous. You yeah. got to work out. These guys are pulling on you. You got the physical. Why don't you tell the listeners what's the typical week for these guys and what they got to yeah. go on each day? Well, here you, I got it right here on the computer in front of me, Lowe, so I'll tell you exactly. What it looks like. So here we go. Um, the defensive line and linebacking group are the ones that they're on the field today. They got here on Sunday. Uh, they go through the pre-exam on uh, Monday. You know what that is. They try to rip your arms off your body. They try to twist your knee and do a pretzel. It's a really weird situation. you got a bunch of dudes in lab coats that are treating you like, you know, your body's supposed to be Stretch Armstrong. And, and you're just like, what are this guy doing? Like, I remember, I think it was like maybe three or four years ago. Um, I can't remember who the player was, but like got not, not into a physical altercation, but like stood up and sort of bowed up on one of the doctors because he he didn't know. He was like, man, this guy's trying to break my arm. <laughs> the doctors are like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We're seeing how, you know, we, we, we are trying to break your arm to some degree. So yeah, you got all of that. So they go through that um, orientation and then they had their team interviews Monday as well, which is, if you're a team, you can put in for a specific number of interviews. You don't get to interview everybody. You have to submit who you want to interview. A lot of times, they're not going to do the first rounders because those are players, if it's their first round or even their second round pick, those are the players that are going to fly out and they're going to bring them to their facility and they're going to do the deep dive. But So they're looking for like, okay, we like this guy in the fourth. Those are the type of interviews they want to get to because that's sort of, they don't know if that guy's going to be available when, when they pick, but they like him. So let's just kind of figure out if we can check that box. So they do the team interviews yesterday. Uh, that's yesterday's actually the big medical exam. So actually yesterday's when they got the pre-exam is just kind of height, weight. Let's get that all out of the way. Then you get the general medical. Um, then you get the studies. If there's anything that came back that's, that's flagged, now you got to go through a secondary medical. I mean, ultimately like, we think of the combine as the drills. Combine's medical. That's that's what this is. And there's a reason why it's in Indianapolis, because the hospital's right here and everything is central. So all these teams can get their doctors in here. You have the general medical staff, and that's what they want to find out. You know, if we're going to be investing millions and in some cases tens of millions of dollars, we don't want you showing up after we draft you and you're not going to play football because you're there's a medical issue. So that, that's ultimately that's what this is all about. It's all about the medicals. Um, so then what are we at today? Wednesday. So today, uh, these guys are going through all their media interviews, their team interviews, and then they'll get on the field tomorrow for their, uh, for their workout. And then the following day on Friday, they'll do their bench and, uh, and get out of here. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's four days. Very of work. So is it four days of on the field work for three to four days on the two. field work? 
two okay, days so on the field. Yeah. Well, not really. So two, one day on the field, right? You have all your drills on the field, but then the next day you end up doing bench. Um, so you come over here where I'm sitting right now. Bench will be directly to my left, um, which is why I'm pointed the opposite way if you're watching this on TV. But yeah, to my left is where they set up the bench, which is always funny because it's just, you know, right. meathead screaming yeah. at you. Come on. Oh, <laughs> There's clown you know. fast people screaming, patting their head, slapping themselves. Exactly the right. Exactly. I, lo I love that part of it. Matt, tell, tell the listeners, what do you think, how much does it have to do with character? I know guys are athletic, uh, you know, and tell all those different things, but how much does it have to do with sometime character? How far can a guy slide? What are you hearing about different guys as far as the off the field and different things like that nature? How big is yeah. that? And how, what kind of part is that playing the draft? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you one name because it was brought up uh, to me by, by Bruce Feldman, and it's a Michigan guy, and it's someone who very well could end up in a, a Charger uniform um, because Jim Harbaugh told him that, you know, this guy was the mutant of mutants, and it was Chris Jenkins. And he mentioned Chris, you know, and, and you know his dad certainly, you know, played a long time with the Panthers on the defensive line. So he's got the, you know, he's got the pedigree and the genetics. And they said, uh, Bruce said when he showed up at Michigan – he was 245 pounds, I think, 245. And and Bruce got pretty deep into the Ben Herbert, you know, who's been hired by Jim and brought from Michigan and, and just what Ben Herbert was able to do with that team. And now we've got Chris Jenkins over 300 pounds, yet he's still going to just crush the athletic drills, all the agility stuff, the explosiveness, the vert, the broad, the 40. And he said he's going to get underneath 225 pounds and, and throw it up, you know, at, at numbers you can't quite comprehend. So that's that's like the that's the story of character, right? That's the story of development. That's the story of, you know, a love for football that that goes into, you know, that goes beyond what you just see on the field. But it's like to me, that's one of those stories like, OK, well, here's a six foot defensive tackle. Uh, those guys tend to be, you know, you're not going to really put a gold star next to them because you're a little worried about the size. But, no, this guy's an outlier. This guy loves it. This guy, you know, wakes up, you know, every morning and eats football for breakfast. And that's clear in the way he's developed, you know. And so, like, those, those are the things that stand out, I think, like you're talking about, that go beyond just what you saw on tape and, and, and what you'll see on the field here. Well, Matt, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, it's a team that we don't like, and, and I know just Chargers don't like them, and every time they seem to spoil, I think they put up a – they helped fire the last Charger coach is the Raiders. Yeah. Tell us kind of what you're hearing there. I know we got Kalesko that's there. What, what's kind of their thought process? Because I know Charger fans want to know what they're up against. Well, I, I think, you know, as it relates to the Chargers, it's, it's a player that they may be interested in if they can get some things worked out. You know, money-wise, I, I, I'm sh I would be real surprised if, if Jim Harbaugh didn't say Josh Jacobs was a Jim Harbaugh kind of player. I mean, he's he, to me, is the epitome in terms of like a free agent running back that would fit, you know, what Harbaugh likes to do. Someone that gets stronger as the game goes on. Someone that's tough between the tackles. That's great in pass pro, you know, that can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. You know, does not go down easy. So, and, and Tom Telesco was asked about Josh you know, because he just got hired and they declined the fifth year option already played on the franchise tag. And, and he basically said, we're, we're going to figure something out. You know, Tom was very adamant about, you know, this is a Raider. This is a Raider type of player. This is a franchise cornerstone and, and we're going to get something figured out. So that's probably the most interesting thing. Uh, he was asked about trading Devontae Adams. I wouldn't have ever guessed that he would say, yeah, we're open for business on that. But he just said Devontae's a Raider. 
Uh, and I think clearly they're in the quarterback market. I haven't really heard much buzz about the Russell Wilson or the Justin Fields thing here. There's a little bit of heat on on Fields to the Steelers, but outside of that, I haven't really heard anything. We had Ryan Poles yesterday say that if he wants to do right by Justin, if they're going to draft the quarterback, that, that they want to trade him before free agency. And I only bring that up because then that can eliminate potentially one of those teams that might trade up to take the Chargers pick at number five and, and get you a couple more picks. But um, as far as the Raiders go, it, I saw Antonio Pierce last night, as a matter of fact. Um, Tell him I said what's up when you see him. When you, if you catch if him I again. If see him tonight again, I will. Yeah, I absolutely please, will. Um, please do. What about Denver? I know I know we talking about just kind of going through kind of the division that yeah, the, the Chargers division. have to see. What Are you hearing anything about Denver, what they might be, their moves, if, you know, or what about Russell or anything that Denver might do, a trade possibly with the Chargers? Any 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 signs there? Not, I mean, outside of just, you know, Russell's gone. He's, he's you know, that that's that's not happening. And it doesn't sound like there's any teams interested in trading for him because why trade for a $39 million contract when you can just pay him 1.75 veterans minimum since the Broncos are already paying him all that money. Um, I, I, I could totally see them drafting a quarterback at, you know, at 12 or 13, wherever they are um, at 12, I think they are. So like that JJ McCarthy, I think it's with what Sean Payton loves, you know, toughness, smarts, you know, that's, that's definitely, you think about Drew Brees, accuracy, comfortability, you know, comfortability throwing in the middle of the field. I think JJ checks all of those boxes. So I think they'd certainly be in the market. I could see Bo Nix, you know, who also toughness, accuracy, a winner, a lot of starts under his belt. You could see him coming right in and just stepping into a program as great of a coach as Peyton is. So I, I could totally see them drafting a quarterback um, of all those teams, it, it, you know, if they if they were to stick. They don't have the picks, I think, to jump up. They've, they've expended them all in the Russell Wilson deal. Uh, with, with that being said, let's save the best for last. And you know who that is. That's Super Bowl champs, Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. What do you see Kansas City doing? What are you hearing there? Is do they just reload? How how, how what do you think about that organization? Yeah, you know they drafted so well. You know the that they if you just think about that defense and and all the draft picks, not to mention you know the offensive line picks and Creed Humphrey and Smith. Like they, you think about Pacheco in the seventh round, how well he fits. Obviously, receiver had an issue, but Rice looks like a, a, a you know one of the better receivers that to come out from last year. So they've got that covered. Um, defensively, they're stacked with a ton of young talent. Um, Legereus Sneed, I think Brett Veach yesterday, or it's some, I think I saw it making the rounds that franchise them and, you know, maybe try to figure out a deal or a trade, you know, but I think in the, in the interim, it's a franchise deal. And uh, I think they cut Valdez Scantling today, which you knew was coming because that was 12 million bucks. And it's not like he did much anyway, although he did have a huge catch in the, the championship game there. So um, I think for them, unfortunately, for the rest of the AFC West, they're a team that's pretty well going to be intact. You know, they've got so much young talent on rookie contracts that they're able to, you know, keep all these guys around as long as Travis Kelsey wants to keep playing football. I would assume they're going to give Chris Jones that long-term deal because that's just one of the best defensive players in the league. And, yeah, it's going to be a tough one to knock off, right? Yeah, you can't let that Chris Jones, you can't let him leave the building. That guy, what he brings to the table for Kansas 100%. City, he, he's amazing. Matt, there, there's a position, you know, I always talk about it. We brought it up last week and just want to see, do you see if you're in the same kind of sphere that I'm in? When you talk about, you know, quarterback's best friend, is that, do you see this league changing that the tight end may be a higher paid than receivers? Is the tight end new quarterback's best friend because – 
the blocking. They're too fast for corner, too fast for linebackers, too physical for yeah. DBs. Is that the new? Do you think that's going to uh, pass the, the 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 receiver position? So, I think it I, I, like it's we. Ha, I'm gonna uh, you know refer to Bruce again because of the freaks list because Brock Bowers is in that conversation, right? And kind of the way he put it was. You know, he said, think of, don't think of Brock Bowers as a tight end. He said, put it this way. If Kyle Shanahan could figure out how to get his hands on Brock Bowers, it, it would be illegal. Like, the, the NFL would not know what to do with what Kyle could envision and how he would have that, that work. He's, he basically, you know, the way he described it was, imagine you take a kid from Napa, freaking wine country, California. He makes his way down to the toughest league in college football and starts mauling people. You know, just the second he hits the field, he is a California kid that is at Georgia and he is running over dudes like it's easy. And he's like, so the whole he's not big enough is he's, he's not that prototypical size. He goes, just throw that out the window. It's like all you have to do is watch him play football in the toughest conference in the, in the nation and what he did to people and, and how yeah, he's like. You know, Bruce said, he's like, dude, that, that's a Jim Harbaugh player. He's like, that dude, if there was a player that I would circle in this draft that you would say, oh, yeah, that's that's a Harbaugh kind of guy. He goes, it's Brock Bowers. Now, whether or not that means they'll draft him, I, I can't say. But, you know, I think that's kind of what you're speaking to, right? I don't think it's necessarily positional. I think it's individual. You know, look look how important uh, – look, I'm not going to argue how important Amon Ross St. Brown is to the Lions, but, man, Sam Laporta was – it was kind of his was was Jared Goff's go-to guy, you know, on the money down. So I think it just kind of depends on the individual as to you know where you place that value and 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 how they fit your team. And we saw it in Justin's rookie year. You know, Hunter Henry when he got in the red zone, it wasn't Keenan Allen time. It was Hunter Henry time. Like he was going for Hunter, who by the way is going to be a free agent. And right. you know, got no problem bringing him back. You know, to fill one of those tight end spots, that's for sure. No question. Well, how do how do people if they're gonna get on the draft get on the draft and go bet online? Why don't you tell our listeners how they could do that, Matt? Because it's always been great uh, chatting you with you and going over these combines. Yeah, no doubt. We love uh, we love bet online. And look, the football season has come to an end. Yes, indeed, it has. But it's your number one source for basketball wagering needs, pro and college hoops throughout the year, up to the minute odds, stats, trends. Follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs in game live betting. They got contests. They got player props. And uh, it's just an easy platform. It's the best platform. You can do it from your desktop, from your mobile. Bet online today uh, is where you want to go and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. It gets you 50% of a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, the code B-L-E-A-V. And it's uh, bet online as the game starts here. There you go, Lo. There we go. So you like how I tied it? Hey, hey, Matt, you like how I'm tying it? I'm, I'm following your lead, baby. Exactly I'm right. following your lead. Exactly right. I'll get back to this madness here. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll have, I think, a lot of intel next week and maybe a better idea of what this thing's going to look like as free agency and cap compliance is, is growing closer. Because remember, they got to get out of the cap by the start of the league year. So that's going to be right upon us. And we'll have an idea of, of how they're going to deal with these four contracts, you know, with the Joey, Mike Williams, Khalil, and, and Keenan deals. No question. Well, hey, enjoy the combines, Matt, and stay out of trouble, man. Hopefully that, that, that nose seals up well. <laughs> real close there it is. I man. see you, baby. I see you, brother. <laughs> All right, vitamin love. E all. Put a little bit of vitamin E all. Get a little vitamin E all. Put that, man. Stop it from scarring. Old school. I need, I need the scars, Lowe. Oh, geez. I, I need the scars. Listen, listen I need, I need, a, little, I need a little more you. character in my I life. I can't with you. I can't with you, man. You're the best. Cheers. You're the best. All right. We appreciate y'all. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.